Hey, Ellen Marsh. Hi, Patricia. You guys, so here's the thing. We're taking this week off. It's the thing we never do. We normally take off Thanksgiving, but we figured all your other favorite podcasts are going to be off that week, and we wanted to give you, like, a regular non-repeat episode that week. Yeah, we just wanted to, like, sneak in and be like, see, remember, we're your favorite? <laughs> the one thing I wanted to tell you before we get to the show, Boston, you're the only city that still has tickets left for the added show. It's December 12th, 3 p.m., Sunday afternoon. Come get hammered. Be home in time for dinner. There's like 60 tickets left. We are sold out everywhere else for our December dates. I'm very excited. So Boston, go to disappearedpod.com. Click on the CS Life link. Get your tickets. Come and see us. We can literally go to the exact spot where Patricia and I fell in love. We can get on yeah. the shuttle bus. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Enjoy this repeat episode. Which one is this? So we're repeating the episode. Remember the Terrence Williams case? Yes. And it got a bunch of new publicity around late 2020, 2021, because Tyler Perry put out a reward for $200,000 for anyone with any knowledge. Our dream was always that one of these cases would be solved under our watch. And I just feel like this is right under our toes. So I just want to hear it again. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. Enjoy the episode. We're going to see you at the end, too. We're going to say a quick goodbye. Love you. Love you. All right, you guys, Disappeared, Season 5, Episode 3, Crime and Punishment, tells the story of the disappearance of Terrence Williams, dot, dot, dot. Yet another ep where he's not dealing with the gun missing. Yeah, honey, do, do it in sounds that, that people can where hear. Where he's not the only one that goes missing. I'm just saying that a lot of listeners' dogs are like, er, <laughs> just like that. When 27-year-old Terrence Williams goes missing after a night of partying, his family fears for his safety. Terrence didn't go a day without calling me. But events soon to be uncovered will spin a simple case of a missing man into a complex and controversial investigation. You're seasoned veteran. You're seasoned. How can you forget something that happened four days ago? It was just chilling to have all these little pieces that sounded so similar. Something of this magnitude wouldn't go unnoticed and a sheriff's office is confronted with the unthinkable. It doesn't matter how we look. There's a case to be solved here. Girl, we both had the same first note. We had, we, okay, first of all, this is true. We never yeah. talk about our notes. No, ever. Because I'll say something about the episode, and then Patricia will be like, no, 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 save it for the recording because yeah, yeah, yeah. we want it to be spontaneous. But I walked in today, and I said, does Christopher have a cold in this My episode? My first note is that Christopher has a cold. Are you okay? Christopher. Are you okay? Do you need a little, a Someone little. Someone send her some Theraflu. Or a little bit of Mucinex. Mucinex. <laughs> Poor Christopher. I'm my Christopher, baby boy. Uh, so guess what, you guys? It's a mild January night. Oh, look, uh, everyone say it with me. <laughs> Where do you think we are? One, two, three. Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet... Marcia. We both have the yes. same note about Marcia Williams. Yes. She's the mom here, total down bitch. But like Marcia pronounces Marsha as yeah. Marcia. Yeah. So if we make a mistake, just know that we're misreading our notes. <laughs> yes. So we learn that she drops off her 27-year-old son at his home in Naples after a long day of work. Terrence's mother has always done her best to support her son. And she is the reason he moved to Florida in the first place leaving behind three of his four children in Tennessee. I was married and moved to Naples with my husband. A couple of months later, Terrence moved to Naples. Well, you know, he had to be with his mother. My first note here, he is separated from their mom to be closer to his mom. His mother literally says, well, you know he had to be with his mother. And I went, did you think he maybe should be with his kids? No. Yeah, okay, so yes, I agree with that. But his idea was he was having trouble saving money yeah. and send and, and taking care of them all and, and supporting himself financially as well as his four kids. This is not a Terrence issue. We shouldn't live in a world where a guy's got to move thousands of miles away from his kids to make enough money to pay the child support. Yeah, so yeah. there was just a better job for him down there. He was able to get a construction job. But again, to your point, yeah. you can't have a livable wage doing 
construction with four kids at home. He had to get a second job. Yeah, he gets a second job at Pizza Hut. We'll get to that in a second. Can you imagine anything more labor intensive than a construction job in Florida? Uh, and then being like, hold on. I yeah. also have to go to Pizza Hut. We've both worked in the service but, industry. Yeah, Perfectly I'm not, acceptable. I'm not done talking about the construction oh, job. Oh, okay. okay. Go, go, go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's, I saw the gums flapping yeah, yeah. from here. I just always think there's just nonsense falling out. But you actually have something to say. Continue, no. my love. These construction jobs, you got to wear the pants. You got to wear long pants. It's hot. Hard pants? No, uh, I'm not making a sexual joke. No, hard pants. Like no. jeans? Are those, what? Hard pants? Yeah, like not leggings. <laughs> You know what I mean? I would love to know that if they had their way, all the construction workers would wear leggings to their construction job. Why would you not? They're perfectly comfy and supple and rest upon your legs with the greatest of ease. Sure. I'm just saying you got to wear jeans outside in Florida in July. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's not a dress coat, honey. You can wear cargo shorts. No, you can't. No, you have to. I used to work in kitchens and you have to wear pants. Okay, but kitchens isn't the same as construction. Where are you going with this story? <laughs> you think they choose to wear those the denim jeans in July in Florida? You think they choose that? You know who's going to tell me? <laughs> the listeners. After losing his driver's license in Tennessee while driving under the influence, Terrence has been dependent on his mother and his roommate Jason to get him places. His new job at Pizza Hut is a 13-mile trip from home, straight through the new sprawling suburb of affluent North Naples. We also learned that he doesn't have a driver's license. Christopher says he lost it in Tennessee. I was like, well, can't you, can't can't, just, go can't just go replace it? Yeah. He actually lost it for a good reason. Yeah. Because he got busted doing a DUI. You guys, Terrence is not garbage, but please don't be garbage and drink and drive. Don't do that. Please don't drink. Oh my God. Drive. I know. It is really, it is very, very serious, and I'm glad it holds such a heavy penalty. But like the penalty really affects his mother and his best I know, friend. Because <laughs> his mom and his roommate, who I'm going to make fun of, but then I'm yeah. going to take it back because he turns out to be a really good guy. Yeah. His roommate Jason have to drive him everywhere. The thing about Jason, the roommate, he's here. We meet him. He's a super down bitch. Yep. He's a real slow talker. And real slow he talker. He does something that is I take notes as I watch. Yeah. And then I watch it again. But as I was taking notes, I called him a sociopath for a reason oh. that will reveal then. Turns out he's not. He's actually a really nice guy. I'm just super judgmental. Great. Do you think there's any chance Jason and Terrence were more than friends? <laughs> Do you think there's any chance? Tell me more about that. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, Terrence, back me up on this. Terrence is like exceptionally good looking. He is very good looking. It's kind of unreal how good looking very, he is. Very, very like because, beautiful face. Yeah, yes. and it's they're not like headshots or mom. They're like just random pictures like in his mom's kitchen. Yeah. And every time I'm yeah. like, oh, damn. So you think yeah. that any handsome man yeah. must be gay? No. Okay. I just think that every handsome man is gay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't think they have to be. I think they were born that way. So you're saying you think that being gay is a choice. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, no, happy Pride. No, you, you, no, 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 you, no, 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 you tell me more about that. Well, well, you, now you're threatening my emotional stability right Which in front was, of everyone. It was a razor thin. apples and oranges, my friend. Okay? Yeah. Now you just put words in my mouth and you're threatening my allyship. Sure, good. And you know how I love the lesbians. Okay? Yeah. Do not. You guys, Patrick Hines made a joke. Ellen Marsh does not think that being gay is a choice. <laughs> In December of 2003, yearning for more independence, Terrence shops around for a car. He has this thing for Cadillacs. So he went and he bought a Cadillac. After two years living in Naples without incident, Terrence is itching to gain back his freedom. But he will have to wait six months until June before he can get his license back. Now, he still does not have a driver's license, but he is shopping for a car because he's about to get his driver's license back in about six months. Yeah, that's not about. Save that money for six more months and then buy the car. Yeah, but you know what I think? What? He Okay, so he really loved Cadillacs. Okay. Be, what? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of a silly thing like, to I, say. Well, wait, but I know people who have, like, had dream cars. Yeah. You know, probably some, you know, Crete magnet with a Camaro somewhere. Totally. That's fine. No, but you know what I think happened? I think he probably, like, saw a used Cadillac 
for a really good price. Uh-huh. You know, like used somewhere. And <laughs> You really thought about what made him buy the cat. you got a real serious theory on the Cadillac purchase. It's called having a heart. I okay. know you don't know anything about it or any kind of real actual human true emotions because you're uh-huh. a robot walking among us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that's what like thought-provoking kind people so do. So you think gays don't feel things. Interesting. I will turn to a life of crime. <laughs> And it will involve you. <laughs> Everyone will believe I had Listen, nothing to do with that. I have legitimately seen you on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> I know how convincing you are. Oh, for another podcast. I've anyway, seen I, you in action. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think Terrence probably like saw the caddy and like probably was a price he couldn't turn down. We're still talking about the catalog. Okay. Huh? You know what? Anyway. <laughs> No, but one more thing. He really loves the Cadillac. So anyway, he buys the Caddy. He buys, he, buys, he buys the Cadillac, which honestly, I really do think that that was a bad move because Terrence is a guy. He's like, like, yes. like he's a human being who has a thing. No, you he, could just stop. What? Terrence is a man. <laughs> Terrence doesn't think through things. I, Men don't think through their. You can, come on, you can continue to riff on that no, idea. No, it's true. I mean, it's yeah. really true. You know that if he's got a Cadillac that he fucking loves and wants to drive, yes. Yes. he's gonna drive it before and it's he gets that, his license that temptation. Back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've I've seen you with an apple fritter in front of you, you know or an I mean? apple martini, more like. Yeah, it's just it's hard. The self control yeah. is hard. Yeah. You know? I'm gonna read you like a deck of tarot cards, Hines. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> After only a few weeks on the job at Pizza Hut, Terrence seems to be getting along well with his new co-workers. He has been invited to a work party later that night in Bonita Springs, but first, Terrence needs to go back to Naples to change clothes. I picked him up from work, took him back to his house. The last thing he said to me was, bye mama, I'll see you later. So here's the thing. We learned that after only a few weeks in his Pizza Hut job, he's getting along great with his coworkers. And I said, it is really important to get along with the people that you work with. I don't have that situation yeah, in my nor life. Me. Right I was now. I was gonna let you lead that yeah. only because I've I've you know, we're ten minutes in and yeah. I've already come for you a lot. Totally. So yeah, what's that like to like your coworkers? Well, here's the thing. I decided to make several podcasts with several of my favorite people. Several in- of them? Se- Jennifer? <laughs> no, Jennifer, don't do it. Irby. <laughs> Several podcasts with several of my favorite. Several of them. <laughs> I decided to make a podcast with several of my favorite humans. Uh-huh, how'd that go? It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the podcasts are amazing. The there, friendships get a little shaky. There are people that are like, do they hate each other? <laughs> I don't care. I'm downloading it. I'm downloading and bitching I know, it. Totally. So, uh, yes, he was leaving work. He was invited to this party, but he had to run home to Naples to go get changed. He had to wash the Pizza Hut. Isn't that the worst? When I you work in you, a restaurant and you smell like restaurant. Sure, but like if you show up smelling like a Pizza Hut, I'm going to be like, come sit next to you. I, I might mean, lick your shirt. Yeah, you'd probably lick your shirt anyway, sweetheart. So he was gorgeous. I, know, I, know. I don't know if I've explained that or yeah, not. No, you guys very goog this kid. But he's gorgeous. if you work in the service industry, that smell of restaurant on you. Yeah. God, that's disgusting. Can we talk about the Cadillac? So he had to run home and he sees Mama Marcia and the last thing he says is, bye mama, I'll see you later. Yeah, but this is where we meet Jason, the boyfriend slash roommate. Jason is a real slow talker. For those of you who fast forwarded a little, (laughs) not boyfriend. We don't know. You don't know their life. (laughs) Terrence tries to convince his roommate to accompany him to the party. He egged me on just a little bit. Chang said, oh, come on, you know, you can come with me, this, this, and that. And I just had to say, no, no, no. Without a ride, Terrence decides to take a risk by driving himself to Benita Springs in his unregistered Cadillac. He says, all right, see you later. Jason is here to tell us that, like, Terrence was really wanting Jason to come to the party. And Jason was, I know, Dylan's making the face. He didn't really want, he wanted a ride. He wanted a he ride. He really needed a ride, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but Jason was like, no, girl, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch my TV. Yeah. I'm going I'm to go to bed. So, listen. I see a lot of myself in Jason. I? <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to the party. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. There's alcohol at the party, you say, at Pizza Hut? Yeah. You know, they all work at Pizza well, Hut. They, you they, know what they're serving? Uh, the leftovers. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It was going to go, it, we were going to throw in the garbage anyway. No way. So, listen, Terrence does something. My nickname it, in college, the garbage. Just throw it in the garbage. No. Uh, 
So Terrence does something. Listen, I've done some shit. I drove with an expired driver's license. I would never. I live in fear of getting in trouble. I didn't know that my driver's license was expired. Do you not look at the date? Have you in the ten years you had the license, you never looked at the date? When did your license expire? Twenty fifty. Twenty fifty. No, 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 no. Twenty fifty. You heard it here. I can tell you. Tell me. Give it it to me. I will tell you. I'm giving you my license. No, tell me before you open it. Okay, my license expired. Wait, what year is it now? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty nine. Give me. It, nope. 2030. 2030. Yeah. I know when my license expires. No, you don't. You just said the wrong number. It's 2030, you psycho. I know when my license expires. No, the price is wrong, bitch. I'm just saying. No, I didn't. Anyway, I did that. I didn't know. Is this I, about, are we talking about you still? I'm saying we all do bad things. Okay, fine. <laughs> I just feel really bad because he yeah. had the Cadillac. He wanted to go to the party. It's like when you think about something, you're like, I know this isn't wrong, but hopefully I won't get caught. So listen, he drives to Bonita Springs in his Cadillac. It is unregistered. He doesn't have insurance and he does not have his license back. I would come for him for driving with all of those reasons not to drive, except for what fucking happens next. A short time later, Jason receives a worrisome call from Terrence, who has pulled over at a shopping center to use a payphone. He says, oh man, all I see is a bunch of cops around. Although Terrence usually maintains composure, his roommate senses fear in his friend's voice. Maybe Terrence regrets taking out the car. He goes, I'm just talking to you right now just so that I can see what's going on. And after a few minutes, he says, okay, I'm going to go. He's in this town, and Jason is here, slow-talking Jason. Takes 15 minutes to tell us the story (laughs) about how, like, Terrence pulls over in this town because there's so many cops. And, like, I get that he's scared because he's driving without a license and an unregistered car and all that. But in general, Terrence is afraid of police. He's afraid of cops. And, like, and it makes me fucking crazy to know that there are people. I mean, I am not naive. I know that there are. But it makes me. We also haven't mentioned Terrence is a black man. Oh, Terrence is black, by the way. Yeah, maybe we should say that. Like, (laughs) yeah. But, you know, Terrence lives in fear of police officers, and I understand that. And even if he had had his license, he probably would have pulled over anyway. And he's like, I'm just going to stand here and wait out the cops, which just fucking breaks my heart. Yeah. Also, don't drive without a license, unregistered car, and all of those other things. Absolutely. And he's sort of, like, talking on the phone, like, hey, you know, distracting while he's watching kind of all these cops, because he's in, like, a shopping mall parking lot. And one of the things his mom says is that, like, also, I told my son at all times you need to let people know where you are like the world is less safe for him yes. you know and so like that's another thing he's calling to like talk to his friend because he can't drive through the cop barricade yeah. but also there's all these cops over here and i might go they might kill me so i was last seen at this payphone if you're looking for me exactly yeah so this is where we learned that roommate jason is a sociopath <laughs> roommate jason is not a sociopath a few minutes after hanging up with terrence jason places his phone next to the tv and heads off to bed They tell us that he puts his phone on the TV stand. No, he told us. Christopher told us and Jason corroborates that. Jason later says he left it there. Like, I don't think he intentionally put it on the TV stand and went to another room to go to bed. But that's what happened. Which begs the question. Yeah. What did he do before bed? Because I sit on my phone before bed. He probably called his mom and had a 90-minute conversation that could have been five. Yeah. Because he's a slow talker. I mean, my phone at all times is right by my head. Not only so I can scroll and do stupid stuff yeah. on the internet, but also in my mind, every night there is an emergency that needs my attention and someone is going to call my phone. So God forbid it's not right at my head. I am watching the intensity with which you are telling this very mundane story. Yeah. And I don't know how you ever fall asleep ever. <laughs> like, I just imagine you sit there in bed like this. Hello? <laughs> I'm awake. Do you know how I fall asleep? How? You know. Oh, an edible. <laughs> Ain't enough that there there aren't thirteen enough acres of pot fields enough to get this one to sleep. You gotta turn off this brain sometime because Lord knows she's working on overdrive at all times, and not that much work is getting done. (laughs) The next morning, when Jason wakes up, he finds his roommate has not come home. At first, Jason isn't worried. He has this this rule that uh, if he's gone for a couple days, don't worry about it. Because he might be staying at someone's house. So, slow-talking sociopath Jason wakes up in the morning. Maybe in a relationship with Terrence. We don't know for sure. A girl can dream. Right? right? There you go, sweetheart. (laughs) Um, So... Jason wakes up and Terrence isn't there. And he explains, and I agree with this. 
That's, Wait, you agree with what? I agree that if you're a young person and you wake up and your roommate isn't there, that's not that crazy. But, okay, fine. But slow talking Jason takes 45 minutes to tell us yeah. that Terrence has a It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. Like, continue on to next episode. We're like, what? We're only 50 minutes. Jason, he says that Terrence has a rule that if he's, quote, gone for a couple of days, don't worry about it. I said, let's normalize not having this rule. I don't do that. A couple of days? He said rule, but listen. This is how people go missing, Ellen. I know, sweetheart, but listen, hearken back to your single days. Uh Uh-huh. Did you ever fall asleep at someone's house and not tell anyone? I will say one time I did go missing for a couple days. Yeah. There was one time I was staying with a boy that was not very good for me. Yeah. That I did not want people to know that I was staying with. Yeah. And my best friend had this boy's number. Right. And like after three days called him and was like, have you seen Patrick? And I heard him say, yeah, he's asleep. And and then there was like a... conversation was real fast because people didn't like this guy. Yeah, I mean, listen, the dick will make you kill somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you you don't think things through because you're under you guys, the spell of the dick. If you guys saw a picture of this guy, you'd understand. You've seen him. <laughs> Do you think it was worth going missing for three days? So Terrence <laughs> is still not home <laughs> on Monday morning. And so then... <laughs> he was really sexy. Okay. So then Jason... <laughs> You guys never liked each other. (laughs) Do you need a minute? So Jason checks his voicemail. Maybe Terrence called. He did not. But he does notice that he missed an unfamiliar call at about 4 a.m. That Monday morning, Jason checks his voicemail to see if Terrence has called. I had a couple missed calls from a number I didn't recognize at 4 in the morning. So I called those numbers back. The woman who answers says she is one of Terrence's co-workers from Pizza Hut. She distinctly remembers seeing him leave the party alone sometime between 5 and 6 a.m. The poor lady on the other end of the phone who had to be on that call for 25 minutes while Jason <laughs> asked a question. What probably happened was Terrence didn't have a phone. and He was like, hey, do you mind if I call my roommate slash sometimes cuddle buddy yeah, just- on your phone? <laughs> but all Jason finds out is that this woman definitely says he left the party at about 5 or 6 o'clock and he left by himself. Yeah, and they think that maybe Terrence was calling Jason to come get a ride. Yeah, he's maybe probably he hammered drinking. at this point. Right. Like, yes. So on top of the unregistered car and the license that was suspended, for the DUI. I'm about to get another DUI in the unregistered cars. And then Jason says, yeah, you know, every other night I kept my phone on my nightstand. I was like, get in tonight, man. Okay? Get in tonight. So then we get the story that across town, Terrence's mom wakes up and she she has this like gut feeling that something really bad has happened to Terrence. And she's walking around her house praying about it, but then goes to work. Yeah. Doesn't call her son. Ma'am, you like stop praying, pick up the phone, call your kid. Yeah. And then Tuesday rolls around and no one has heard from Terrence either. And it should be said, she was like, yeah, we talked every day. Yeah. So Jason calls everyone they know trying to find him. Then Jason calls the hospitals and the jails. And right here I wrote, Jason is a down bitch. And a slow talker. Yeah, he's a slow talking <laughs> down bitch. But he. <laughs> t shirt, Steve. We got a t shirt. So, you know, Jason's idea was he was driving without a license. Maybe he got picked up for that. So yeah. we're at Wednesday, January 14th, 2004. Mama Marcia is freaking out. Wednesday came. I couldn't stay at work. I, I had to do something, I had to find my child. Marcia goes to the Pizza Hut where Terrence works, and they confirm her fears. He has missed work for the last three days and has failed to pick up his last two paychecks. They tell us he hasn't been there for three days and he hasn't picked up his last two paychecks, to which I said, how often are they paying the people at the Pizza Hut? (laughs) Every two days you get a paycheck at Pizza Hut. He's Uh, been gone for five days, eight paychecks. It hasn't been five days. He left on Sunday. I'm making a joke. It was a math joke. So that was like a hyperbolic thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you have to warn me when you make jokes because they're not often very clear to me or others. Wait, when you throw the the smother blanket on the joke next time, could you just fold it on the way out if you don't mind? Because otherwise I have to do it. Can that be the blanket I roll you up in and put you in the back of a murder van? Yes or no, real quick. No. Okay. So. <laughs> wait, wait, I got to say this part. So Marcia goes to the police station. Wait, you're not warning the people. Okay. okay. This is about to get, this is about to go zero to crazy. We went to a substation and I told them I can't find my son. Well, I was told, you know, he's grown. If you haven't heard from him in a month, you come back. 
Here's what I wrote verbatim. Marcia goes to the police station to file a missing persons report. The cop tells her, he's grown. If you haven't heard from him in a month, come back. My next note, oop, Ellen's not going to like that. <laughs> Did <laughs> <Look>. you really? <laughs> I literally wrote, oop. oop. <laughs> so a lot of times people come and they say, wait 24 hours, wait 48 hours. Wait, yeah. There are these all these arbitrary hours. Yes. Never yet. How long have we been doing this podcast? Six years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Never yet. Emotionally it's been a decade. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it, okay? <laughs> I've aged. All right? Okay. Never since we have been recording this podcast uh-huh. has anyone so flippantly I know. and so without regard for humanity said, meh, wait a month. Now, a month? And we wonder- Never have we heard- Can you just say we've never heard that no, before? No, we've never heard it. And we are hearing it from, like, the mother of the missing kid. So, what, you know- Wait, what about what they say about her later? I know. And my point is that, like, the mother literally- And what the mother tells us later, she, like, raised him to, like, fear the police. And, like, you know, they are a family that does not feel protected by the cops. And this shit is why. And this shit is why. Now, tell me, down bitches unite. Yeah. If somebody- Could you imagine if someone's, like, too- your kid? No, I know. I know. You know, I know. what? Give it a month. Calm down. You Cal- know? The, the minute someone tells me to calm down, <laughs> like, is the minute that I make my phone call to you and you have to bail me out of jail. And then you turn around and yeah. tell me, I think you're safer in there. <laughs> I think I love you. I would bail you out, but I think you're actually better off staying there. You know who's not taking this lying down? Marcia's sister. Oh, welcome. Marcia reaches out to her family in Tennessee for help. One of my sisters said, give me all of the numbers to the hospitals, um, the marks, anything you can think of. And they made calls from Chattanooga. So they start calling them over and over and over until they finally started taking them seriously. I clapped. I was like, this is how you do it. Yeah. I mean, listen, if something doesn't go my way, I have the emotional intelligence of a toddler. Yeah. So if that means blasting up someone's phone, I'm all here for it. Yeah. Let's totally. do it. So then we find out that down bitch aunt in Chattanooga, she's made enough calls. She finds the car. She finds the Cadillac. Down bitch aunt in Tennessee. The cops don't find the car. No. The aunt yeah. was like, I got this. Yeah. I found his fucking car. Now, it was towed from a cemetery. So Which mom- is terrifying. We scoot right over that fact. That shit's terrifying. That's not even the craziest part of the whole story. The cemetery is the least craziest part of this whole story. And when you get into a story yeah. of just being found at a cemetery, you're like, whatever. But let me tell you, this shit. Totally. You guys got it real worked up. Yeah, you All should right? see my real eyeballs. Real up. And then Marcia, of course, goes zero to every parent we've ever covered. Because she's like, they found the car. He's in the trunk. She's convinced he's in the trunk. She fucking runs down there to see for herself. Right. It definitely is his car. His jackets are in the car. His cigarettes are in it. Gross. Could you start smoking? (laughs) You might calm me down. Isn't that what it does? Anyway, so then Mama Marcia learns that it was towed from the cemetery because the way it was left, it was blocking traffic. And the report also said that it was towed by the request of the sheriff's office. And then we learn that, so from this point, Mama Marcia is saying that, like, we just start constantly calling the sheriff's department to try to get them to help us. And they are told that there's nothing more the sheriff's office can do because there's not been an arrest or an incident report. To which I say, what about every fucking episode where within four minutes you got the, like, the 800 helicopters in the sky, you got the 400 people on the ATVs. Yeah. Mama Marcia is basically taking over the case. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she got an instant badge and they're like, great, she's doing better than us. Totally. So, Mama Marcia calls the cemetery and someone was like, actually... I called the cemetery and they told me that they witnessed Terrence being pulled over. Finally, there is a break. Terrence's family now has a new last known location and they know who had the Cadillac towed. He is a 17-year patrol veteran named Deputy Steve Calkins. So 
we find out that Deputy Steve Calkins was the one who called for the tow. So this part of the story all lines up. Right, and just to be super clear for the timeline, we're going to find out that this Deputy Steve Calkins guy, he pulled Terrence over, put him in the back of his car. He put Terrence in his car and drove away. And Detective Kevin uses this word and it comes back later. He's like, everyone said the interaction was real cordial, y'all. Yeah. Real cordial. Me and Mama Marcia don't buy that for a goddamn second. Yeah, no, nor me. So then the witness said that somewhere between 15 minutes to an hour, too big of a time frame. Right. <laughs> I accept 10 to 20. I accept 30 to 45. Yeah. 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I'm going to need you to narrow that down for me, sis. Okay? So... 15 minutes to an hour, the deputy came back for Terrence's car. He started the car, pulled it out of the spot that it had been pulled over in, and then moved it to the position it was towed from, which was blatantly obstructing traffic. He then took the keys out of the car and threw them on the ground and left it all there. Right. So when we're told that the car was, like, blocking traffic, it's because the cop fucking put it there. Yeah. (laughs) So Mama Marcia's sitting there with a big a popcorn, not buying anything that anyone is selling her. So just some things to be clear about. He was driving with no license, no tags, no insurance. And no ID. And he was not arrested. Right. He was not put in handcuffs. Nothing was dispatched to anyone. He just put him in the back of his squad car. Right. That's what needs to be very, very clear before we continue on. So the family is like looking for answers. And the family keeps calling like the 911 dispatcher. Like look, that's the only people they can get to answer the fucking phone. And so like the dispatcher is like so tired of getting the calls from the family that she actually calls this cop, Steve Calkins, Calkins whatever. Yeah. And we hear the fucking conversation. <laughs> yeah, I hate to bother you at home on your day off, but this woman's been bothering us all day. You towed a car from Vanderbilt to 111 Monday, a Cadillac. Do you remember it? No. Do you remember? She said it was near the cemetery. Cemetery. I mean, the people at the cemetery are telling her you put somebody in the back of your vehicle and arrested them, and I don't show you arresting anybody. I never arrested nobody. That's what I thought. So, just from your memory, what little phrase do you think sent me to the moon? Uh, Wait a second. I don't know. She said, this woman's been bothering us all day. Yeah. Now, listen. Yeah. (laughs) I have a child's understanding of Uh many, many things. But let me tell you. Yeah. If my child goes missing, I will shut down yeah. <laughs> my city and all neighboring cities. Yeah. So when a woman is inquiring about where the fuck her son was, yeah. because the last he was seen was in the back of a cop car and he is a black male, yeah. they don't have a very good track record with the police. <laughs> I'm going right. to need you to say that she's not bothering you and I'm going to need you to do that one thing that your job is, yeah. which is to answer calls. Right. Very important <laughs> job. I'm not putting you yeah. down. But that's the job you signed up for, was taking calls all day long. And if it's the same woman, that's what you're doing today. You're answering the phone from the same fucking woman all day long. And then he laughs. Right. He fucking laughs. He laughs. She is obviously sort of intimidated by him. This arrest happened four days ago. Right. He doesn't remember anything. This, like, pullover situation where he was put in the back of the car, this happened four days ago that she's asking about to the cop, to him. Yeah. And, like, the circumstances were very unusual. It was a huge Cadillac. It was in a cemetery. There was a kid with no license, no ID. The car tags were all out of whatever. And he's saying he remembers. He just can't remember anything. huh. Yeah. I just. No. Yeah. And he's he goes, I'll have to think about this one yeah, for a while. I, I was like, I didn't ask what kind of jam you put on your fucking muffin yesterday. Right. I'm asking you about a huge white Cadillac in a cemetery for which you put a black man in the back of your squad car. Yeah. So huh. guess, guess, nah. guess who doesn't believe that he doesn't remember anything? Mama Marcia. Yeah. <laughs> but Terrence's mother finds this hard to believe. After hearing the witness's testimony at the cemetery and seeing the deputy's signature on the tow record. You're seasoned veteran. You're seasoned. How can you forget something that happened four days ago? After more pressure from Terrence's parents, a second call is made later that day from the sheriff's office to the deputy. This time, his memory returns. 
But then, miraculously, the family doesn't stop calling the dispatch center, and we are told after more pressure from the family, they call the Steve Calkin guy back later. Christopher says this time his memory returns. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> That's so weird. And let me tell you, I looked it up. Yeah. Naples does not have a very high crime rate. Oh, In yeah. terms of Florida, Naples has a very, very low crime rate. In fact, it's one of the safer cities in Florida. So my man wasn't doing any big kind of robberies or drug busts or anything. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously he's lying. Like, I think we're all on the same page. He remembers what happened. I just wanted to scream about it for a little (laughs) while longer because men. Yeah, I know, I know. I also just want to say, you know, just because we always have to make fun of ID at some point. Yeah. So Terrence was driving a big boat Cadillac. And we see pictures of it. And like, we see it was a big it. it was like Brianna Maitland back into the abandoned house size yeah. car. And ID was like, uh yeah. <laughs> we do not have that in our budget. What do you got? Uh, I got um I got like a CRV. <laughs> no, it but, doesn't it doesn't actually look like a Cadillac though. No okay. budget. Okay. Just we're gonna we're gonna go with Stan's Honda Accord okay, and we're gonna pretend it's a caddy. It's called suspending your disbelief. Get on board. Stan's like, I do have to be home for dinner by yeah. five. <laughs> Can I get my car back, please? I added the Stan character for Charlene. It's just <laughs> It's literally nothing like a Cadillac. It wasn't even close. <laughs> no. It's like a green Volkswagen bug. They're like, that's the prop car. Work. That's fine. So it's Monday, January 19th, 2004. Deputy Steve Calkins is asked to submit an incident report because the family won't stop calling. Yeah. And I there's, don't a, blame frankly, them. a lot of discrepancies in what's going on here. And they say that, like, more or less, Calkins' story at this point lines up with the witnesses. And then, according to Calkins, the cop, Terrence immediately is, like, pleading for a ride to work. Right. And this is all the setup is, like, what Calkins is saying why he put him in the back of the car. Right. It wasn't to go kill him. It was to give the kid a ride to work. Right. And then the officer out of the goodness of his heart was like, you know what? I'm going to bring you to the Circle K. Yeah. And then it cuts right to Mama Marcia. And she's like, under no circumstances would this story have actually happened. Absolutely not. Because Terrence has a tainted history with the law from his early adulthood in Chattanooga, his mother finds Calkin's account hard to believe. Terrence wouldn't ask a cop to take him to work. He would have called me first. Or Jay. Let me tell you something about my son. Yeah. My son's not asking for help from anyone. Yeah. <laughs> least of all, a fucking cop. Yeah, exactly. And Calkins says that Terrence had told him that the registration for the car was in the glove box. Right. So remember how we know that Calkins comes back? So the witnesses saw him come back. So he, his story is that he went back to like look at the paperwork. The paperwork wasn't where Terrence said it was. And he gets his feelings really he hurt. He lied to me. <laughs> he lied to me. I was deceived. Also, the details he remembers. Remember four days ago when he didn't remember a single, couldn't no. jog his memory no. to save his life? Not, I'm going to need some time to think about this, he said. Yeah, familiar. And so the cop's story is that he left him at the Circle K. That's the last time we saw him. So the down bitch family, and we know this from the Patreon, you guys. We know specifically Circle K has pristine surveillance video. Yeah, yeah. So the family goes to get the surveillance, and the the stepdad sees it even before law enforcement. Terrence is nowhere on the surveillance video. None of the employees remember ever seeing him. And Detective Ken is saying, like, we have no independent witnesses that can corroborate the cop story that Terrence was ever at that Circle K. So Mama Marcia pulls out her down bitch degree. Again, Mama Marcia is, she's got her not impressed face on. Meanwhile, the Williams family are desperate to know more, and they are not satisfied with the way Deputy Calkins has conducted himself. So I became more suspicious when it didn't seem as if he was helping at all. So I said, enough of this. I filed a complaint. Internal Affairs immediately opens a case on Deputy Calkins to see if he has violated any policies in his handling of the traffic stop. I feel like you teach a master class in that at DBU. Yeah, nonplussed. (laughs) It's called nonplussed 101. Yeah. So Mama Marcia goes and files a complaint with the sheriff's department. And internal affairs immediately opens a case. And I got to say that, like, for everybody who says we're hard on cops, I'm going to give them credit. Like, they immediately, and Detective Ken says to us, as soon as we realized we were looking at one of our own, we were on it. Like, they really, really were. And they had to call the FBI because obviously that's a conflict of interest. And that's really smart. They were saying that there was two departments that they called them, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the FBI, because they were like, we can't investigate ourselves because people will say, 
that there was a cover-up if we don't find the answers that they like or whatever. And there was a list. So there was this this report that I paused on. Did you pause on that report? No. No, of course you didn't. You don't no. look into anything. <laughs> but there are so many issues. He didn't get read his rights. No arrest was made. He gave him an, so he says, he gave him an unlawful ride and there was no evidence to say that he brought, there's a whole host of things that in normal cop world, yeah. he did wrong. Despite the fact that Terrence is missing, yeah. all protocols that he should have done for a regular pullover slash arrest were all wrong. Totally. So they're like, Ugh. So, and they're saying that like, the one of the reasons the cops were so nervous about this was because there was a similar case like three or four months ago about another kid. It that, was cut, copy, and paste. Yeah, it, it was, was the it exact was, same thing. It was not similar. It was the same. 25 miles down the road in a poor migrant farming town called Immokalee, the case of a missing Mexican immigrant, 23-year-old Felipe Santos, has rocked the community. The last person known to have seen Felipe before he disappeared, just months earlier, was Deputy Steve Calkins. This Calkins guy, yeah. he had just been investigated for another person that was last seen by him getting into his cop car that then vanished into thin air. His name was Felipe Santos, and he was a Mexican immigrant. Yeah. So this guy Felipe was like a, a migrant farmer, an undocumented worker. He had just gotten a, a good job as a construction worker. Yeah. And like, and he's also a brand new daddy and yeah. a baby that was like a couple months old. And the story of this guy is that, uh, you know, again, he couldn't get a license or car insurance because he was an undocumented worker. He lived 30 miles from his job site. He had to get himself there. And he was driving to work one day and gets into, like, basically a fender, a fender bender. bender. Yeah, Like, exactly. within, like, a mile of the work site. And he and the woman that they get into the car accident with pull off. Like, it was not major enough yeah. that they were able to pull the car into, like, a parking That's lot. That's what you do. You yeah. just pull over and swap insurance and chat about it. Right. And so the lady flags down a cop, and the cop happens to be this Steve Calkins guy. He made contact first with the citizen who explained a little bit of the crash. And from his account, Felipe Santos identified himself as the driver of the car. When he found out that Felipe didn't have a driver's license, he put um, him immediately in the back of the patrol car. Calkins described it as a very amicable situation where everyone was just cordial. Just like with Terrence, he puts him in the back of his police car, doesn't arrest him, doesn't handcuff him, so there's no fucking paperwork. Right. And this Calkins guy, guess what his story is, girl? Well, he said that, you know, (laughs) Felipe was so nice and sweet. Such a nice guy. Such a stand-up guy. I decided not to arrest him. Not going to arrest him. That's what cops do all the time. Yeah, I'm just going to take him to the Circle K so he can call somebody to get a ride. I mean, you looked it up. The protocol, agree with it or not, if you're driving without a license, driving without a traffic, you get arrested. Yeah. And if he had been arrested, he would have been safe. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's why these protocols are in place. So he was never arrested. And Culkin's story is, oh, girl, I don't know what happened to him, girl. Right. I dropped him off at the Circle K. And I'm like, is the Circle K manager in on this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What? And it was a different Circle K. Oh, it was? It was a different Circle K. How do you know that? I looked it up because I I do research. (laughs) So he did write Felipe three tickets. One of them was driving without a license. Yeah. So, of course. No, let me just say, this is weird. Weird. No, I don't think it is. Tell me why you think because it's weird. Because it's a paper trail. The whole thing with Terrence is that he was never arrested. There's no right. paper trail, right. right? But then when Felipe didn't show up for court, yeah. that's a felony. Right. So now that is the difference between the two. Yeah. But maybe... Didn't... Right. The writing of the tickets is the thing that makes them different, but it yes. is a paper trail. Like, And I mean, I guess this woman would have been a witness that this is the, the cop was the last person. So like, yeah. who knows? But the other thing that we learned that, again, we are told the entire interaction in the parking lot was cordial. So nice. Everyone, I mean, if you're the lady and your car just got totaled and this person doesn't have insurance, you're allowed to be mad. Absolutely. I bet it wasn't cordial. Yeah. But more than that, the woman says, she comes forward and says, when the cop showed up, he was in a bad mood, which fine, I'm in a bad mood every day. Sure. But he was also complaining about, like, he was tired of dealing with immigrants and people who don't have car insurance. Yeah. And then Felipe is put in the back of his car and never fucking seen again. So, in the Felipe case, they investigate it for about two months and they find no wrongdoing. Yeah. So 72 hours after he was exonerated is when Terrence goes missing. Yeah, so literally he gets away with whatever he did to Felipe and then 72 hours later pulls over Terrence 
and then Terrence goes missing. So if you're keeping track, if yeah. you're taking notes, that's two missing people for which Deputy Stephen Culkin was the last person to see them. Now we're back at January 21st, 2004. That's nine days after Terrence went missing. And they processed Terrence's car for evidence. And then that same time, the sheriff's office holds a press conference to look for Terrence. And of course, tons of tips come in. Yeah. People who have seen him They're out places. They're like, he's places. gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> if you guys find him, do you want to give him my number? <laughs> Not to be weird, but... So February 12th is Steve Culkin's first polygraph test. They interview him regarding both disappearances. And guess what he does? What, girl? He passes. I know. <laughs> but then like, they still don't trust him, and they put a GPS tracker on his car. But investigators did not stop there. A GPS device is put on his vehicle to see where Culkin spends his time while on patrol. They are looking for secluded spots where he could have taken Terrence if in fact a crime was committed. They identified 12 areas at that time where they felt intensive searches needed to be done. They identified 12 areas. They do it and they find nothing. Florida's not safe. Yeah. If there are 12 areas where a cop can dump a body in broad fucking daylight and not get caught, you gotta move. But also they were like, nothing was found, but I mean, it's Florida. Like they were just kind of like, there's woods, there's Everglades, there's alligators, there's lake bottoms, there's everything. Hey, bitch. But they basically were like, we looked all those places, but (laughs) they're like the shrugging emoji, like not really sure. So Internal Affairs pulls more of the tapes from the day that Terrence went missing. Remember, we heard the the tapes earlier. So now they pull more tapes. And here on this tape, you hear this Calkins guy calling back into dispatch where he's got some buddy there. And he's saying to this guy, he's talking about coming upon this Cadillac. And he's pretending like he's never seen it before. This is full of racism. Jennifer, can you just play the clip? It's hard to understand. And if you can't understand it, it's so cringy. So take it away, Jennifer. When you guys have a job where you know you're being recorded, cut your act yeah. all the time like yeah. you're fucking being recorded. Oh my god. Yeah. I really take issue with him calling him a homie. Oh, my God. It's so fucking racist. It is so racist. And he calls his car a big old piece of because, Cadillac junk and or he's whatever. Saying, like, what he's saying to the guy on the phone is that I don't know whose car this is, but I'm assuming it's a homie. He's not acknowledging that he's ever met the person exactly. whose car he's this fucking it like is. like it just was an abandoned car. Right. And he's laughing. And I yeah. was like, you moved it, fuckface. Right. We all know that. And his story is that, no, 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 I moved it to that location to help the towing he's company. so helpful though yeah, honestly if there's one thing i know about steve colkins he's so helpful and then there's this whole thing where 20 minutes after that he calls back to the dispatch to request a background check on this guy terrence right and remember terrence doesn't have an id right so what does he do he makes up a birthday yeah he i mean his name is terrence williams that's not a not common name no and the whole point is like whatever the lies are the lies are tripping all over oh, each other yeah. it's very confusing but in Internal Affairs is like, this fucking guy is not telling the truth. They haul him back in for a second polygraph. And this time, the questions are more like, did you ever see Terrence again after dropping him off at the Circle K? Failed. (laughs) And then he said, where did you get his date of birth? Failed. (laughs) Everything was deceptive. And then my next note is, and then Steve Culkin stops cooperating. (laughs) And like, long story short, like, there was never enough evidence to search his house. They fire him. He appeals the firing. And he fucking loses. Yeah, and it just says in the statement as to denying his appeal, it says, I have lost trust in Culkins. Right. I was like, same. Yeah. At Culkins' defenses, he fell victim to circumstance. I was like, 
no, no, no. Right. Circumstance is if you match with your ex's ex on a dating app. <laughs> or circumstance <laughs> is if you get two parking tickets in a day. Yeah. Two men of color going missing from the back of your car. That ain't a circumstance, <laughs> friend. That's some dirty, low-down, racist shit. And we never find out what happens. Like, there's never enough evidence to go look in this house. We don't know anything, and that's how it fucking ends. Do you know what happens? This case, it is not a cold case. Uh-huh. Tyler Perry is very, very heavily involved in this case. Wow. And he is committed to getting justice for this family. And Tyler just recently, I mean, there are updates on this case going to this year, to 2021. Yeah. But Tyler Perry likened it to George Floyd. Oh, I wow. mean, and the thing is, in Florida, they didn't even start having the conversation of police body cams in Florida until 2015. Wow. There are some counties in Florida that didn't even implement body cams up until 2018, 2019. So the world is a very, very different place in terms of what police are and aren't allowed to do and get away with. But again, how do we know half of these stories and how they went without any kind of evidence? So that sort of piggybacks on Tyler Perry's whole campaign on racial justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. And a lot of people, oh, there is, there are Reddit threads all over about this, but basically everyone just kind of said, you know, the Everglades are 20 minutes east from Naples. Everybody has the same idea, and the family just lost a civil lawsuit against Colkins, but it absolutely is not a cold case. Say something funny. We know it wasn't Lake Seminole, Florida, because he would have been found by the lake bottom. Hey, bitch, I see you, bitch. He's hot. <laughs> That's a Patreon joke, you guys. Bow, 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 bow. Hey, girl. Hey, we're fun. We are fun. We're a good time to hang out with, don't you think? We really are. I mean, something. where are they? Where are they? Uh... Where are they? But, like, we're here still trying to, you know, make you laugh, even with these difficult stories. So, also, before, where are they in Boston, by the way, is the other question. Real quick, do you think Boston's mad at us? No, Boston. What's going on? I'm just kidding. We've sold, like, hundreds and hundreds of tickets to our shows in Boston. We love it. We've got, like, 60 tickets left to the second show. We love you so much. We just want you to come and see us, Boston. Is that too much to ask? You guys, we are so excited. Truth be told, I've said this, I have no idea when we're going where, but I'm so excited. Yes, I'm going to just point her in the right direction. Don't worry. She'll be there probably with no underpants on. It happened twice. (laughs) Boston, go to disappearedpod.com, click on the CS5 link, get your tickets. Everyone else, if you want more of us, join us on the Patreon. Three full ad-free bonus episodes every month. That's it, girl. Anything else? And we have a lot of surprises coming up. We do. We do. We got a lot of surprises coming up, actually. We have a lot of surprises, and Patricia and I are not great secret keepers, and I'm surprised we haven't spilled the beans yet. Yeah, that's it. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll see you for a brand new, not repeated episode next week. For Thanksgiving! Woo! All right, we love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mama Marcia goes and files a complaint with the sheriff's department to start an internal administration investigation. Internal administration. Internal okay. administrative investigation. Did I, is that right? Does that sound right? Does that sound good? There's ghost whisperers and there's joke smotherers. And there's joke smotherers. You had to think through that one. You're so cute when you're thinking through a joke. This is what happens when you open a file before it's done uploading. Yeah. You working through a joke right in front of everyone. He's just buffering. He's just okay. constantly buffering. So, okay. This is that wheel of death. Mm-hmm. You should see his face right now. <laughs> Yeah, emotionally and and yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Wow. She almost fell out of her chair, you yeah. guys. It's it's really it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year for you guys. It's been a year for me. And now I'm trapped in a teeny tiny box with them. I love that Naomi right now is like, oh, there she goes again with her callbacks. <laughs> You guys, Naomi is like, Naomi's won trivia 17 times. (laughs) Naomi knows this podcast better than any of you or anybody in this booth. Hi, Naomi. 